The thing is, he's not wrong. There are a lot of hits in the Ludacris catalog. He's done. He's done well for himself. But yeah, that's that's yeah. where that joke comes from. So anyway, so many hits in the Ace Attorney catalog. So many hits. Welcome to the new year. It's here. It probably has been there for a bit once you're listening to this. <laughs> yeah, we're not not quite jumping while the trend is hot. This is probably yeah, the eighth when this comes out, depending Something on where like you're that. listening or or when you're listening. But when we're recording, we're only two tiny days into the new <laughs> two year. Two teeny tiny days. Two tiny ones. Just little baby days. I feel rejuvenated by... Mm the end of the year nice. and sort of the time off. I'm so excited about video games still. Well, were you, were you burnt out on games at the end of the no, year? I was not, but I'm <laughs> still excited about, about them. <laughs> Judging by how much you had to say during the, the game of the year episode. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely had some, some sauce in there still. The three hour runtime suggests that we were not in fact burnt out on video <laughs> games. You know, 32 years strong, baby. Yeah. 33 for me mm. turning 34 this year. That's that feels a little bit different of a different game. You're firmly in your mid thirties at that point. Firmly. Yeah. I, 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 I'm I, still I, a little baby. I'm, I'm a young 30. I'm a young 30. Yeah. Yeah. We got the elder millennial and the, uh, oldest Gen Z member, <laughs> David, 33 year old Gen Z member. <laughs> <laughs> I would say something Gen Z right now, but I think I would just make an absolute fool of myself. Yeah, we would. Uh, yeah, we'd get canceled. I guess I would. I would roll a natural one on my charisma check, and they'd be like, "You're done. You're done, dude." Every Gen fair. Z member has fair. unsubscribed. <laughs> They're all out. They're all out. Uh, this podcast is called Video Game Podtimism, the Optimist's video game variety show, where two best friends talk about the wonderful world of gaming. Uh, 2024. My name is Chase, uh, and my name is David. It's always nice to recheck in to see if that's still what your heart says. You know, like. If that's still your name, it feels, it still feels right. You have had a name change during this podcast. I have. Yeah. The, the last name got a, uh, a little, uh, the topsy turvy changed some stuff around mm -hmm. because of marriage. But that, that first one still feels right. That first name. It's true. Know? And it was a, it was a power move for you to keep the A for your last name. Yeah, I, I want to stay at the top of the you alpha, the top. you know, I see you. I see you. I respect it. I, I don't know if they still do this, but in elementary school, I promise we'll talk about games in a second here. Uh, in elementary school, I feel like they really prioritized having a, a last name that that's very high in the alphabet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You just get to go first. Sorry. That's what I'm saying. Like you get a lot of weird privileges for being an A last name. The triple privilege chase over here. Yeah, man. The last, <laughs> that last name A is really doing, carrying a lot of water for me. Absolutely. I mean, I was just sitting over there with B. I was the first of the have nots, truly. <laughs> It, it was a special kind of pain whenever there was one person with like a last name that was ev even before mine. Mm -hmm. The Aaron's, the last name Aaron's of the world. Double A. Double A. Yeah. You'd look at them sitting at the front be like, I can never compete with double A. It should be me, dude. It was, yeah, it was always a relief when we showed up first day of class and I'm like, it's me this year, baby. Number one. Here Number we one. go. Was it, was it ever not you? Mm, yeah. There was a couple times. I don't remember who, mm. nor would I call them out on a podcast that strangers listen to, but still. David. <laughs> Do you want to talk about even, games now? I would love to talk about <laughs> video games now. That would be so cool. Let's not talk about elementary 
elementary school sorting methods. Yeah, the, the caste system that our elementary school teachers had created for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But are you, are you asking me what I have been playing this this past two weeks, actually? I, I'm inviting you into the bit. David, what have you been You're playing these in. past two weeks? Two weeks. Man. Yeah. Well, I was traveling, so always yeah. got to bring the Switch with me, baby. Sure. So Octopath Traveler 2. Oh, yeah. Uh, Lovely. Back in it. Still awesome. Mm-hmm. Still great. Yeah. Love me some Agni stories. Love me some Agni. Yeah, they're good. They they feel good to play. She's just kind of where it's like when I am traveling, that's about as intense as I want to get usually. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, low key. This is great. Mm-hmm. But still just lovely stories and great game. And we've talked about it in ad nauseum on this podcast at this point. Yeah. But still good. Still very fun. Yeah, I agree. I have also beaten completely near Replicant. Okay, yeah, you got all the endings. I've gotten all the endings, including the new ending that they did for the remake. Right, yeah. Very much enjoyed this game. If you enjoyed near Automata, definitely make sure you play the last ending okay yeah. uh because it pr- links the two stories together the most Ooh, interesting okay <laughs> so that was cool i really enjoyed that game that game i think still after beating it stands up to where i put it on my list for game of the year i really really enjoyed that one yeah great combat interesting story a much mm-hmm. more personal emotional story than automata automata is very uh, heady very philosophical yes, yeah this one has tones of that but not to the same degree as Automata. So if you enjoy more of a, like I said, personal character story, uh, Mm -hmm. this one might be more up your alley. Sure. But both bring the same slick combat, which is great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And the music is so good. The music is so good. And music is great. I found this out, like I played a little bit of this um, and I still am kind of poking at it, but I found this out because I put like music cues in game of the year and so many of the tracks for near replicate. I was like, Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Oh shit. Mm-hmm. This is a good one too. Mm-hmm. A lot of good stuff in there. No, they're coming with the heat with, with the music. Yes. Yeah. And it's very affective music as well. Sure. They yeah. use it very well throughout the game to create emotion, which is, I think, uh, a hallmark of a near game, honestly. Yeah, for sure. Still poking around with Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, got through like the second trial. Yeah. Very sad that my mentor was murdered right away. Yeah. And that's a big bummer, but she's still yeah. around as a ghost. Sorry if that's spoilers for Phoenix Wright, a like 15-year-old game at this point. I, f- <laughs> I feel like it's table stakes for that game. Like That's kind of one of the initial things that happens. Yeah, because the first level is just like, it's essentially the tutorial. Yeah, it's a tutorial. And yeah. then the first thing that happens in like the first real bit of the game is she gets murdered. Yes. Yeah. But they had to clear the way for Phoenix Wright to become the the top the top guy. I think so. And it also like if you've ever played any of the subsequent games, it very much builds on that lore. Okay. So like I don't think it's too huge of a of a bummer there. It sticks around. Got it. Yeah. But man, do they get you invested in courtroom drama in this game? I was yeah. so, I, sweat, I sweat bullets playing this game. <laughs> Just like, man, am I doing the right thing right now? I'm looking through all yes. my evidence, waiting for the judge to, to let me have my moment. But then when you catch someone in a lie, it feels so good. It, very good. You're yeah. just like, oh, you done fucked up now, baby. I got you dead to rights. <laughs> so exciting. It does feel really good. I, I feel like when I played those games, there was a pretty good amount of the game that I could do kind of on my own, but there were sections where I kind of had to be like, I have no idea what to do here. Mm-hmm. And like, because if you lose the case, you go back so incredibly far. I'm like, I, I'm not, I can't, I can't do that. I just it's a lot of text to go here. back through. Yeah. yeah. It, 
And like, it does get a little bit easier if you factor in something like save states or something where you can just try again. Mm -hmm. But some of the conclusions I'm like, oh, okay. Like I am three steps in front of you with like this piece of evidence. Just let me get there. Yeah. We're getting, just let me speed through this. I know we, I know you know that I've been through this before. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But still, yeah. A wonderful game. I really, really like Ace Attorney. Yeah. And I'm impressed about how likable or or unlikable they are able to make all the characters. Yes. Just instantly just man they really tap into a lot of anger in some of these characters just like oh man this type of person i really dislike i gotta get them and just the 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 attorney who is your somewhat rival oh man how just pompous he is mm, really grates me edgeworth is amazing edgeworth, i love yeah. i love that character each time he does a little bow when he when he's uh contradicting oh, you I'm like oh you fucker so come good. on I promise you will grow to love him over the course of the game. I can see that they are laying those seeds slowly. Yeah. But man, he is he is uh, annoying right now. He's a big douche right up front, <laughs> which is just w- it's wonderful. But man, yeah, they 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 really tapped into something interesting with this game, and I'm I'm excited to play more of these cases and just see how it expands or play be playing some of the sequels if they really expand on this formula at all. And th- there's so many, like there's a bunch, yeah, so many in the regular Ace Attorney. Um, Apollo Justice is a whole thing Um, and then you have the like great Ace Attorney Chronicles that came out on Switch like if you like the way that this game is going there's a lot of stuff in front of you we got a lot of hits in the Ace Attorney catalog baby (laughs) got a lot of hits in there for anybody who has heard that sentence before on this podcast (laughs) it's worth explaining that you went to a ludicrous concert and ludicrous said the words we got so many hits in the ludicrous catalog catalog that's what he said i would say that it wasn't a ludicrous concert it was a random music festival music festival in woodland california like 20 25 minutes north of sacramento yeah we said we like oh ludicrous is playing there might as well go yeah and so we went ludicrous shows up late because he's flown in from vegas that day because that's (laughs) where he really is he's in vegas yeah comes in does his thing and then starts talking about like why people are there asking the audience how many people are here for me are are here for my music and how many people are here because of fast and the furious (laughs) and then people cheered for both of those sentences and he's like we got so many hits in the ludicrous (laughs) catalog and then just went into hoes from other area codes man it was quite the segue (laughs) I strive to have that sort of energy where you're just like the, I am the shit that I do is really cool. And you know it. Yeah. He's a, he's, he has to, he's a double threat. Is, double threat. He's not, he's not wrong. He there sure are isn't. a lot of hits in the ludicrous catalog. I mean, just fast and the furious alone has reached so many people in this yeah. world. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. He's, he's done. He's done well for himself, but yeah, that's, that's yeah. where that joke comes from. Sure. Little lore of the pod. So anyway, Ace Attorney, so many hits in the Ace Attorney catalog. So many hits. Of course, been playing Baldur's Gate three quite a bit. Mallory yeah. has been gone for, had been gone for a good like three weeks and then she yeah. got the big COVID. So we were not oh, gaming no. for quite some time um, yeah. during the holidays. And now this past weekend, she finally got better and it was, it's just been Baldur's Gate pretty much the yeah. whole time. Really, I can't, I can't overstate how much Baldur's Gate we have been playing, honestly. So much pent up energy, gaming energy. Yes. Yeah. New Year's Day was robes and Baldur's Gate. Yeah. Hell yeah. That was it. That was pretty much the whole day. That's a good New Year's. It was a good New Year's. And spoiler alert, Baldur's Gate is still very good. 
still very still good. the game of the year yeah still the game of the year oh i, I love minsk just got yes, Minsk. very good so good and just how much he talks about his little hamster boo and yes, so many yeah. little asides of when you select him as a character to start moving around he just says something ridiculous and funny what a great character yeah, the, yeah my yeah. only regret is that i didn't have they didn't give me him for the whole game i know it is sort of a bummer you don't get him the whole time comes in in the final act yeah but man he is a lot of fun he's a lot of fun just to play as and to talk to and just experience he's kind of a force of nature yeah absolutely but yeah Baldur's Gate is is great still the last game I've really been playing a lot of has been the Dead Space remake oh wow cool yeah it's on Game Pass so I downloaded it and yeah it's fun I'm really enjoying it I played Dead Space back in the day it was a Gamefly rental for me yeah and it was back in my uh, Resident Evil 4 times where I was like I'm a big boy now. I can play scary games and <laughs> I could, I could, anymore. I could not handle dead space. I could not, <laughs> I could not hang with dead space when I was, yeah. when I first played it, but I'm finding it much more manageable in the remake for one reason or another. Yeah. So really having a good time. I think what really messed me up in the original was that you, you couldn't pause the game. There was no true? pausing. Oh yeah. Cause the, the UI is like diegetic, right? It's just in front of Isaac. Yeah. So that, that really messed me up. So I could never take a breath. Yeah. Whereas yeah, in yeah. this one, you can actually pause the game which is which sure. is good so yeah I'm, I'm enjoying it it's like stunning to look at it's a very beautiful it's very good, game yeah. and i enjoy the dismembering it's fun it's fun to it's dismember fun. a monster i i think that that game like I, I played this last year too and like it's easy to look at it and say this is a horror game but if you just look kind of at the mechanics of what's happening it feels very arcadey and silly it's very much a shooter like yeah yeah just like cutting off limbs and stuff it's very ridiculous it's very over the top yes very over the top with how hard it's trying to scare you it's like coming so hard to try and scare you and throw you off with like the music increasing at some times when there's nothing around and just like how grating (laughs) the music is just like the shrill violins and whatnot but it's it's well made it's still it's fun it's not that's not to say that it's bad or anything yeah it's just not like resident evil which really sometimes lets you just soak in the creepy atmosphere as opposed to just throwing enemies at you ad nauseum yeah it feels like the final act of a resident evil game yeah where it's just, just the, falling apart exactly where they just made that the whole game yeah I, I totally agree but a lot of fun it's very good i i had a good time with that game last year uh that's pretty much everything i've been playing what have you been playing chase um yeah i played a ton of games over the break because you know that's that's what i do that's what you um, do but i i want to talk about three of them specifically okay let's hear it the first one is this game called born of bread david born of bread are you do you play as bread you do play as bread oh cool yeah you uh you play as a a little guy who is made of bread but he just looks like a dude essentially okay he's bread man yeah he's bread the okay so this game was mailed uh made by this company called wild arts the only other game that i saw that they made is this game called Helltown, which does seem to be pretty different thematically than born of bread <laughs> it's very different vibe yeah yeah exactly but this one is is incredibly chipper essentially it is a game that is in visuals and sort of layout and mechanics going for paper mario mm-hmm. definitely the kind of thousand year door approach of paper mario rpgs and you can see that in the visual style like everything is very flat or the characters specifically are very flat um so that when you turn you can see them kind of flip-flopping back and forth and i think the animation is very paper mario too where everybody's kind of like doing like an idle animation where you can just sure. see moving a little bit the world itself is actually like pretty 3d and and pretty but it's i i think the paper mario influence at least visually is very much on the character design mm-hmm 
it has the same kind like sort of combat that Paper Mario does where you go into a fight and there's like you and like one other ally that you have fighting a group of enemies and most of the time it's like you have to hit A to start attacking and then you know stop it on a bar somewhere or press left and right as fast as you can to charge up an attack and then do an attack. So if, if you've played the Paper Mario games before, I think you will like find a lot of familiar stuff here. Mm-hmm. And I got to say the 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 conversation we had last year about um, Lies of P has like really gotten stuck in my craw. I'm thinking about it a Man. lot. Okay. Not in like a bad way. And I'd encourage anybody to go like check out um, the episode about it because, and not the game of the year one, but the the experience where we were actually playing Lies of P because a lot of it just came down to like, where is the line between something being inspiration versus, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're going Invitation. after this specifically. Yeah. And like, I think it's very obvious when something is like really innovative, right? You're like, mm-hmm. yeah, I haven't really seen that before. Or or it's like, this is a take on that kind of game, right? If if somebody's played Elden Ring or something like that, it's like, I've definitely played Breath of the Wild and like an open world game before, but I've never really played something like this. Like mm-hmm. it is very specifically unique, but yeah. you can see the kind of individual parts, but when you play something like Lies of P, it's like, they're very much trying to do Bloodborne, you know? Yeah. And so it's it's a hard conversation, at least for me, it was tough to navigate like where where is the line there because i don't think it's the same for everything it's kind of a moving target mm-hmm. and so i've been thinking about that a lot and especially with this game with born of bread because it's like very much saying and it says in like some of the marketing material like hey it's a paper mario like right yeah but i will say that playing through it i didn't get the same feeling of like oh this is like definitely a ripoff of paper mario i, I wouldn't say that at all mm-hmm. a because paper mario has kind of diverged from this right like paper mario and the origami king was the last paper mario game to come out on the switch and plays very differently than sure. this one does and over over time nintendo has also become more saccharine with their treatment of like characters in their game where they're very much like we don't want any new weirdos we just want regular bomb moms and koopas and shit like that like you're not allowed to put in no new weirdos no new weirdos um (laughs) keep your waluigi's out of here yeah no he can't he can't he can't be in this one it's an unsanctioned weirdo (laughs) but so yeah i think that they're they're hearkening back to a, a a time when the series that it is currently referencing isn't really even the same anymore. So it's kind of like, well, if they're not going to make one, then like maybe we will. And Mm -hmm. like, that's true to some extent for Bloodborne, but like FromSoft is definitely still making video games and like, yeah, in, in that kind of style. Mm -hmm. I think that the, the thing that paper Mario relies on a lot of the time for why I enjoyed at least, and maybe why this is striking me is not really super derivative is that I go to paper Mario for the fun of the mechanics, the character design and the characters themselves, Mm -hmm. the humor and the world, all of those things in paper Mario games typically feel like very fleshed out. The games are typically, I, I find them very funny and the characters in them are just like wonderful. I love to hang out and like discover, like who's my next buddy sure yeah that's all very fun and this game like it has those things but like just inherently because it's not a nintendo property it can't like it can't have mario in it you know Mm -hmm. so they had to make new characters and a new world and i i will say that i find all of them very charming like the the world itself is like really fun to be in it's like really gorgeous in a lot of places which is it's just very cool to see it's it's not the same thing but it almost triggers the same feeling in my brain when i'm playing octopath and like Mm. it is a a very simplistic characters design in a very pretty world 
Sure. And you, if you see screenshots or see it in motion, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about, where it's just like it, it looks like a cartoon character on like a beautiful kind of cartoon backdrop. But sure. uh, yeah, I, I just think it's wonderful visually. And all, all the characters, mm-hmm. all the side characters that you get to like travel around with are all great. They all have like a very distinct identity. They all have like wants and needs, right? They all have little personal quests yeah. that they're on and shit. Reminiscent of a tiny kin, I think. Uh, very, visually. very true. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So all of that's really great. It's it's also very funny, which like is for me a hard thing to do in a video game. Like mm-hmm. I, I think it can just so easily be not funny a game and come off kind of like you know either cringy or like sour. Just yeah, just kind of sour. I think tone is a really hard thing to communicate in a game. Absolutely, um, but. But this one does it well. Um, I think everybody's very funny. All the characters have different takes and stuff. Is there voice acting or is it just text? It's just text. I feel like it might be easier over text. I don't know. Sometimes, yeah. I I think the, the kind of classic example that's come to mind for me, like, sort of within the last like year or two was when we were playing custom robo Mm -hmm. uh the game did a lot with like making text larger or smaller or having you be able to control whether or not you're clicking on to the next text box like there are moments when somebody is surprised and then gets like knocked out very quickly that their oh my god is like only on screen for a few seconds before it like they get blasted off onto the other side of the screen and like that stuff is very funny to me because it does integrate like timing and tone and stuff like that. Whereas if it's just writing, it's kind of hard to be funny. You know, like I don't laugh at books very often just because it's like, that's usually not why, like where I'm going to for comedy. Yeah. It's possible, but it's really hard versus like if you're able to like integrate a little bit of timing and a little bit of tone, suddenly it's very easy or or it's easier to to make something funny. And uh, I think that they do that really good here, especially Mm -hmm. with like Again, the character designs are really great. Like you can see someone's like emotion on their face, which is like very good, right? Especially if they're saying something sarcastically or if they're trying to like communicate something that's not true. All this just, it's, it's really good. So yeah, I also played this one with, um, my wife. She played through most of it. We have a, uh, it's your Mario RPG play along. Exactly. Yeah. We, for whatever reason, Mario RPG has been the thing where I just give her the controller and we play it and I watch Mm-hmm. And this was another one. Um, and she said it was, it was very good. She felt that like, it was definitely like a paper Mario like, but I think because it was so cute and funny it, it to, to us, it never felt like, Oh my God, this is just a total rip off. But lies of P is, uh, I wouldn't call lies of P a rip off, <laughs> but, but the line of me constantly thinking about like, this is bloodborne. No, this is lies of P. No, this is bloodborne. Mm-hmm. Like that is, it, it's, it's not in my head when I'm playing born of bread. I'm just kind of enjoying what's going on. Gotcha. There's a safe enough distance between those two lines of thought yeah it's again i think a lot of it's just like because the thing that i'm interacting with in paper mario games is the humor and the characters mario's not on screen Mm -hmm. and and neither is the mushroom kingdom and so my brain just doesn't really go there sure to to think about it it's just like i like uh loaf the name of my character and i like lint the raccoon friend that i met in the forest Mm. and they're just hanging out and being funny together and like i I will say the story is like while not groundbreaking is pretty good i had a good time with it it uh does does a lot to have like a well-rounded quote-unquote bad guy Mm. that there's like a story there and it's not just like like, he's a he's a round of bread (laughs) he's a little rounded but um in a cute way cool but uh he's not bread he's he's uh he's much older ancient one might say is he like an ancient grain? Is he like quinoa or something? <laughs> Very good. Very good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I I just think it's wonderful. This is like, for me, this is the closest a game has come to being like a good companion for a person who likes Paper Mario games. <laughs> I was going to say for a person who likes bread. <laughs> for a person who loves loaves, here we are. Finally, a bread game. 
a bread like. <laughs> this is the bread game you've been waiting for your whole life. This is finally bread souls. Bread souls. Whoa. Yeah. It's a yeasty soul. <laughs> so like i i think that the, a lot of games purport to be kind of like paper mario but or not a lot actually that's not i don't i take that back there are some games that purport to do that but i think it is a pretty tough thing to nail mm. um just because it requires like a pretty good amount of like level design and character design and humor and mechanics and everything and i i haven't even mentioned it but i will say that the combat does bring enough new stuff with kind of like type matchups essentially Mm -hmm. that it does keep it interesting to the point where like it's not just exactly what is happening in paper mario Mm -hmm. it's got a little bit kind of like a pokemon thing going on there where you have to consider like what kind of attack you're using against the enemy that you're fighting yeah which again it's it's just enough for me to say like this does seem to have its own identity despite being you know pretty similar to to the base thing it's inspired by but yeah i i would say like if if you if you like paper mario take a look at this to see if it's like something that you're interested in because it i think it's pretty good like like i said i i had a hard time with like liza p and everything but this one it i i just feel like there is a lot of reverence given to the paper mario series while also trying to be like what is our identity like where's our voice here hmm. Um, and I do think it, it, it shines through in this game, which is great. It's very nice. good. Played it on switch. I will say a couple of bugs in here that were <laughs> a little, a little troubling. Gotcha. Not like, you know, it's an indie game. The, the, the studio who does it is small. And so you're not going to get the level of polish that like Papa Nintendo has. But, uh, a couple times we were like, oh, we're just like stuck here, aren't we? (laughs) (laughs) I presume that that will kind of go away as the game goes on because we bought it like day of launch and started playing it. Sure. But, uh, you know, not, not quite as like polished as, as a first party Nintendo game, but most of the time it's not something where we were like, oh my God, I can't believe this. We have to set the game down now. Gotcha. Yeah. Had a couple of moments of that with Baldur's Gate 3, uh, uh, recently, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, it does happen in Baldur's Gate. And again, I feel like with that one, it's it's tough because I want to like I I, I would love to not run into bugs, but I also recognize that like this game is so big That's and there are game. so many possibilities. Yeah. Like, how do you cover your bases there? Yeah, I mean, they're not like deleting safe content. Like, what was it Skyrim was doing when it first launched? Remember that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I true. lived in constant fear. I forgot about that. That's terrifying. I, I I will touch again on Skyrim. Funny that you mentioned that, David. Ooh. Did I segue for you? Yes, but I want to talk about a different game before. Okay, sure. I'll talk about Skyrim in a second. So anyway, uh, Born of Bread, very good game. Uh, Check it out if if you're into that. The other game that I've been playing, which is one that I've uh, brought up before, is this game called Pokemon Unbound, David. You've talked about this before? (laughs) Yes, uh, a while ago. Is it one of the mods? This is one of the ROM hacks, yes. And uh, also, just real quick, uh, I do work for the Pokemon Company International Mod. My, My views do not reflect the opinions of my employer. So there you don't, go. Don't, don't come after Good me. Disclaimer. Nintendo. But Pokemon Unbound is a ROM hack of, I think, Pokemon Fire Red, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. Uh, one of those games, it could be Emerald as well, but it's, it's in that like era of Pokemon games. For anybody who hasn't heard of what these games are, ROM hacks are essentially where someone will take the source code of a, a game and build something new on top of that. Sometimes mm-hmm. it can be as simple as like, hey, we changed the UI, right? Yeah. Sometimes that's a ROM hack. But in the case of pokemon unbound it is like an entirely new experience a totally different game they have built from the ground up mm-hmm. i had talked about this a while back i think it was like one of the pokemon episodes we did either like gale of darkness or, or stadium maybe i don't know mm-hmm. one, one of the games we covered but i had checked out a bunch of rom hacks 
And uh, this one was the one that kind of stuck out to me at the time. Yeah. A thing that I have found with uh, ROM hacks of Pokemon and, and a lot of other games is that they tend to go in the complete opposite direction of whatever the mainline series is doing. Mm-hmm. Tonally, specifically. And this a is lot an R-rated that, Pokemon game. Yes. Yeah. Which is like, it kind of boggles the mind. And I understand the instinct, right? Like you want to explore what the games haven't or can't, yeah. right? Like... Because it's a kid game, you probably shouldn't put like death and destruction. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of the time it felt not like a actual exploration of like what an adult in a Pokemon world lo- would look like, but uh-huh. more of just like edgy humor and like people are dying in this world. Like, okay. <laughs> it's, it, it, There's it felt death not, here now. Yeah. It just felt sort of surface level in a way that I sure. wasn't crazy about. And that's not true for every, every one of them, but I think that that's like, I see that a lot in the ROM hacks that I played. Even the ones that I like, there was, I think it's Fire Emblem Vision Quest was a ROM hack that I played a fire emblem and like mm-hmm. that one i think is pretty good but they sure do cuss a lot in in that game in a way for yeah. them, like it's very bizarre to be playing through it and like did you need to drop the f-bomb there it actually doesn't feel mm-hmm. real to to put that in there at that moment but, talking like kine in there <laughs> yeah exactly like why why are we so vulgar right now <laughs> And like, again, if you're a bandit, sure. But like, just like a, a, a main character, like cussing <laughs> constantly. Priest. Yeah. I'm like, what is this adding? What are, what are we getting here? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I, it's something that I really appreciate about Unbound in playing it some more because like I said, I played it a little bit previously, but I have played a lot of it in the last couple of weeks just cause it's, I, I've got it on my retroid pocket flip, which is very fun. Oh, you got with. a flip. I got a flip. It's, it's like the, the, is the GBA SP. It's like, what, is that what it looks like? It looks closer to a DS, um, mm, in like okay, sort of sure. form factor. Mm-hmm. There's not a, a, not a second screen, but just like visually it kind of feels that, that like that form factor. Gotcha. Yeah. So I've been playing a ton of this game and I, I think it does really stand up the farther you get into it just to kind of set the stage of what this game is. It, it's definitely a Pokemon game, right? Like you are solving this sort of like crisis that is going on in the game, but there is also like, you need to go fight the, uh, the gym battles and yada, 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 and blah, all, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. But I think the stuff that sets it apart is it, the, the story in it feels really big like grand in a way that I think a lot of the other ones don't always feel. There have been Pokemon games where that's the case. I think of like, I can't remember if it's like X and Y or, or black and white or one of them, but like there are some pretty big stakes in those, but this one, it, 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 it sort of builds slowly at first, but you, you get more uh, exposure to like what's going on. It does feel like, wow, there is a, a actual story happening rather than just like, I want to be the very best, you know, <laughs> but Which you do want to be the very best. Isn't terrible, but uh, like I, I have played that version a lot. I've played sure. that kind of Pokemon game a lot. And so it is cool to have like bad guys that I, I know what their plan is outside mm-hmm. of like steal a Pikachu. They're murdering people out there. <laughs> Mercifully, they aren't murdering people. Like we do, <laughs> we don't get the, the, that level of edge, but it, it they, they do have stakes that seem to be like, Oh, that's, that's actually kind of a big deal. What you're trying to do there. Cool. Which is great. It's very cool. It, I, I, I think again, under the guise of the, the lies of P stuff, it is incredibly interesting to look at a game that is literally built with the same engine that another game is built with, right? Like this, like it looks and feels a lot of the time, just like Pokemon or 
uh, fire red, like, uh-huh. right. Like it's not like they built a whole new game. It's, it's built on the back of an existing game. And so to see what changes they make or what things are different or what things are the same, you can feel the decision making there in, in a sure. way that's like very acute. And I, I think like the, one of the bigger things that I found, like I mentioned already is just like the, the quality of the story is, is pretty good. I can't say that like every character is amazing, but I do feel like they're trying to do stuff with the characters that the mainline games usually don't. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like typically the, the mainline games kind of fall between like any character that you get in there is either the goodest boy who just wants to be the best and yep. a comical mustache twirling villain. Who's like, I'm going to capture all the Pokemon and end the universe or something like that. You know, <laughs> I'm going to end friendship. Yeah, I'm going to kill friends. Friendship. <laughs> I'm going to stop the concept of The idea of, love. of friendship, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's not true for all of them, right? You get some interesting stuff here and there, but I, I feel like, by and large, the characters are pretty one-note in the mainline games. Yeah. And again, I get it. Listen, listen listener. I get it. It's a kid's game. Mm-hmm. I understand why the characters are simple. It makes sense, but I do appreciate in this game that they're taking it a little bit more seriously with like even if this character is pretty simple, I understand like what they want, right? Mm. Like I, I can see who they are a little bit. This is a game for the Pokemon connoisseur. A little bit. Somebody who just wants a little bit extra, a little bit of spice, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's that. Uh, I think that they do a really good job with making the gyms a little bit more uh, novel. Mm. They typically do either type matchups that you don't often see, or they'll add some kind of wrinkle to the gym where it's not just like, go find the type matchup that works well here and just dominate (laughs) with that pokemon mm-hmm. it's like hey we have there's a bunch of like bug pokemon in here but here's the twist or whatever or sure. like they're the, the like guy who greets you at the door at every gym is like you can use these kind of pokemon but there is a uh like there's a blizzard in here all the time or something so mm-hmm. you need a way to deal with that and so you can't always just rely on having like an electric type going into a water gym and sure. being like just absolutely kicking ass which is cool it just it, it makes me think a little bit more yeah. than than the regular just ones one do. extra without layer be, one extra layer without being like onerous you know like mm-hmm. I, I, again another common trope i see in rom hacks is the difficulty just being turned up to 11 right yeah. like it, the, the uh, and that makes sense like the people who might seek something like this out are the people who are already really invested in the series. And so they're probably actually Pokemon masters. Sure. Whereas like, I'm not, I'm kind of a casual enjoyer of this series. And Uh you know, there's a lot of times where I cannot remember like what is flying weak against or whatever. So it's helpful to have it not be horribly difficult, which also brings up a good point about this game. You can tune a lot of it. There's a lot of, I wouldn't call them accessibility, but a lot of difficulty options that you can change in this game that like really make it nice to, to play. Mm -hmm. Like I, I am playing on the lowest difficulty, which they call vanilla, which I'm presuming means like the, the the difficulty. (laughs) Yeah. No added spice. Essentially the difficulty that I presume would be in a normal Pokemon game. If this was Mm -hmm. a mainline game, but there are many higher difficulties if you so choose and a lot of other stuff that you can add, right? That you can choose to include, like, do you want to see if a move is going to be effective against somebody else or not? Mm -hmm. Which is something that I think they've added into more recent games. But like, obviously if you go back and play fire red, just get, you just got to remember it. Yep. Which is great. So there's a lot of just like quality of life stuff that's been updated here. But yeah, I'm I'm having a really good time with it. I'm sort of astonished at the level of quality and just simply how long this game is. Like I'm I've played it for, I don't know, 
10, 15 hours or something like that. And I'm on like gym five. I'm not that far, Dang. which is cool. Like I, not that every game needs to be huge, but it is cool to see that like they have a vision for what the full game looks like. And they're sticking to that. Mm-hmm. The, I, I just find that very good. It also, this game shows a vision of what a Pokemon game would look like if you had access to every single Pokemon in the catalog, right? Like mm-hmm. they, they really do not pull punches with like who's available. I don't know if it's literally every single one, but there's most Pokemon in this game. I think that is a good and a bad thing. Sure. It's a good thing because uh, when there's like a big story beat, you can just have Zapdos show up, right? Like beautiful. That's, that's a thing that like can happen, which I always found very bizarre in in the mainline games where it's like, where's all the rest of the legendary Pokemon? What are they doing out there right now? They don't exist in, in the new game. Yeah. Like they're very, it's very, they're region dependent. Yes. And it's like, they're kind of gods in a lot of ways. And so it's very strange yeah. to just be like, they're just like not here, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. whereas, whereas in this one, they're, they're very okay with like, yeah, this Pokemon would be here because like they're the God of this or something. And so it's cool to be able to have that kind of lore reason behind why they're actually present in the first place at all. It is, I, I wouldn't, I don't know if the bad thing is the right word, but I find it a little bit more challenging when there are simply so many Pokemon to deal with like there's overwhelming it's overwhelming and so you lose a little bit of the the like built-in balance that happens when you are able to restrict which ones are in the game Mm -hmm. you know so like if if you're thinking about like okay if they're they're restricting how many are in here then there's going to be three normal types there's going to be five electric types or whatever where it's like they can definitely pick and choose which ones are here but like there are just a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So that can feel a little overwhelming. I bet that that is a matter of taste, though. I would sort of suspect that there are plenty of people who would be like, bring it on, dude. I, I want I want all of them. And that's a lot of pokes uh, nowadays. It's, it's a lot. And so, you know, in looking at this, this is a whole can of worms. So I'm not going to fully open this can. But like, I, I like the idea of. Mm-hmm. of a Pokemon game that has all of them in the mainline series because like with the DS or 3DS like some of those internet services are kind of locked away at this point and so yeah. like how would you even go about catching all Pokemon at this point I'm hoping that they have some kind of plan with like the the Game Boy or the Game Boy Advanced emulators that are on the Switch where like hey we updated this to the point where you can play these now and trade them with like modern consoles that would be very cool they might not it's Nintendo. Mm-hmm. They might not do that. And so I, I don't, I like, I would hope that that would be a thing, but I realize that there is a lot of work that goes into this kind of stuff. It's not just like, you know, pull in all the sprites and here we go. It's, it's a, it's the full blown Pokemon game, but, and I, I've said this before and I will continue to try and will this into existence. <laughs> I really wish that the, uh, the folks making the games and I, I guess I'm close enough to be able to at least talk to somebody, but I don't know any of this shit. I work on the website. <laughs> I am not in the game department, but I, I would really love to see a situation or a scenario where they have two like lanes of Pokemon games. One mm. that is just kind of their like national decks sure. Pokemon game where like, here's where they all live, right? Like maybe a more fleshed out Coliseum, right? Sure. Where here's where your Pokedex can live. You can go hang out and like run around and here's where we will kind of keep all of the Pokemon to the point where like, you don't have to make a whole game where you're balancing, you know, the entire game against 800 Pokemon. They're living on the cloud. It's more just like, yeah, like they're, they're somewhere else. And then you kind of have the, the newer games that have a limited scope or, or limited Pokedex to the point where you can just kind of keep poking at it and <laughs> keep adding to it in, in a way that's iterative, right? Rather than having to like do this Herculean task of putting every Pokemon in every new game. That seems 
challenging and just kind of not realistic. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's just impossible to balance for. It's so hard to deal with that. Yeah. Um, and, and I get like, that. They're having a hard time just optimizing the games themselves right now. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, at least try to make it easier for them. Hopefully <laughs> I would hope so. Yeah. It out. Yeah. I don't know. I, I love Pokemon a lot. And so I, I, I really hope that there is a world where that happens because in playing unbound and just like ROM hacks in general, I, th- I think you can, there's a lens that you can see of like what it could be. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I know it's not a one-to-one comparison because like with these games, a lot of the, the assets and the work is already done, right? Yeah. You, you get to use the engine of it, but it's not all the way there, right? People did mm-hmm. have to work on like adding sprites from generations that don't have sprites into these games, you know, like mm-hmm. that are it's just a yeah, 3D model in this one or, or thus far. So we had to like go back and like change it to, to make it make sense in this game. But yeah. still, I, I think that there's a world where you can see this game and see kind of like what they're doing and be like, here's something we could update in, in the newer series. But for what it's worth, I'm really enjoying this this game. I think it's a... um. Like it stands toe to toe with like some of the, you know, the, the, the actual entries in the series. Yeah. Which is impressive. That's, that's a really hard thing that's, to that, do. That's a, that's a, that's a big, that's a big uh, thing to say. Yeah. It's, yeah. There's, there's some good games in there. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, like, and I think it's easy to understate how hard that would be. Cause it's not just like throw all the Pokemon in a cage and here you go. Like tone is a very hard thing to balance in a Pokemon mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. Difficulty is a hard thing to balance. Level design gym design, fight design, encounter design. Like there's so many things that you would need to consider. And this one feels great. I, I think that they've done a great job in a, And also like, like I said, they have all balanced it in a way where you can really customize the experience to your liking. And it doesn't have to feel like, you know, either a slog or too difficult or too easy or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. I think it's really good. Nice. Sounds fun. Sounds interesting. Yes. Yeah. I I, I put it on your device that I sent you. So if you want to oh. play it, it's, ar- it's already on there. All right. Yeah. I want Pokemon written by George R.R. R. Martin. <laughs> I'm sure th- there might be a ROM, to be honest. <laughs> game of game of pokes a game of pokes i like that that works that works anyway kicking off 2024 why not play skyrim david so you you it just regular skyrim was it is it the vr one no just normal i mean like what is normal skyrim anymore but like <laughs> tv now skyrim. we're getting philosophical yeah it's kind of ship of theseus to did at this point because like the game that i am playing is so different than the one that came out in 2010 or whatever uh-huh, uh-huh. I've been playing the uh, the Elder Scrolls Five Skyrim for the PlayStation Five. There is uh, a version on there that I got and up to upgraded to the like anniversary collection thing. It just has more uh-huh. stuff in it. Yeah, it also runs at sixty frames a second. I'm not sure if I've Ooh. ever played Skyrim in sixty frames a second, but it feels very good. Buttery. Yeah, very, very, very nice to play. And uh, listen, I know what you're thinking. Oh, yay. Another podcaster is going to talk about Elder Scrolls V. I get it. It's it's a pretty old game. And so like, I don't know if there's a lot of takes about it that are new, but the reason I wanted to go and check it out was I wanted to compare it to two things. One, I wanted to check out how it compared with Starfield after having played that. And then also how it compared to Baldur's Gate. Because I think in my brain, when I was playing Baldur's Gate, there's a very similar sensation i had specifically specifically with oblivion and to to a similar extent in skyrim where for whatever reason my i got so excited because it felt like anything was possible mm. in oblivion when i played mm-hmm. it the first time like oh, i can just like lock pick into somebody's house and like take all their stuff and steal it and sell it to someone else in another town like man 
That's wild. Like it felt bananas to be able to do that Mm -hmm. in a way that Baldur's Gate 3 also did where I'm like, I am not inhibited by what I perceive to be like the limits of this game. It feels like I can do whatever and the game will figure out (laughs) how to deal with that. Mm -hmm. So that's those are the two things that have kind of been kicking around while um, I've been playing it. Just just a level set. I am currently playing a Kashit. Ooh. Big Kitty. Did you name him Bruce? I named him Tybee because I asked Emily Alice, what's a good name for a cat? And instinctively, she pulled out what I presume to be one of the few cats that she knows, which is her brother's cat, Tybee. Tybee. Uh, so I'm I'm playing as Tybee. It's fair. I'll accept it. I, ch- I chose a Kashit because... I feel like every time I play Skyrim, I I try to fool myself into thinking that I will not be a sneaky archer. And then <laughs> I am dragging around. It's always what you got to do. <laughs> I, I 10 hours into the game, I'm dragging around like a 400 pound muscle bound, heavy armor wearing sneaky archer because I tried to build like a barbarian that's uh-huh. going to use nothing but like big two armed swords and great swords. And uh-huh. then I just always return back home. But man, the like two times damage while you're sneaking up is pretty good. So good. And it feels if they, they really nailed the bow, man, they nailed the bow. Feels really good. It, uh, I feel like you get in Skyrim, you get overwhelmed very easily Mm, sure by like too many people. And so just being able to like thin the herd a little bit before they get up on you is really helpful. So yeah, I I just admitted to myself, I know what I'm going to do. And so Kashits are a little bit sneakier than, than the rest of the races. And I was like, yeah, okay, this is fine. So you pretty much just made like Lion-O, but then are using a sneaky ranger build. Pretty much yeah That's i still cool. have like a sword and stuff but like i'm you know the the bow is the thing that i'm investing points into <laughs> thundercats sneak in the shadows <laughs> yeah just on on a high note god this game still fucking hits man every time i've played it in the, like, the last like couple years it's just every time it's like still that magic is in there somehow yeah. and like again i think this is where i my, my brain starts looking at like starfield for because like i liked starfield but i wouldn't say that it has the same kind of like spark that mm-hmm. this game does mm-hmm. and I think a lot of it is that the main quest in Skyrim is exceptionally easy to understand most of the time. Yeah. And they put you on that quest immediately. Mm-hmm. And they also show you like, here is a good time to just wander if you want to. And I think that the the first hour of this game is like almost picture perfect if you are kind of following what they want you to do, right? Yeah. It's also pretty good if you don't do that. But mm-hmm. the the intro is amazing. Obviously, it's like meme to death, right? Like you, you see that all the time. The finally, you're awake. Mm-hmm. Uh, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Then Anduin coming down and blasting the, the castle and everything. You running away. Uh, you have to like sneak out of, of the uh, Helgen and then eventually arriving at the end of it where I, I think depending on who you take... They they, they direct you down to, I think it's, is it River Run? It's one of the cities that's like not a major city. Yeah, where he's, uh, where he's got, that's where the guy who, who helps you escape's family is. Yes. Riverwood is the place River I'm thinking Wood. of. Yeah. They mark it on your map. You can see, like, I can probably run there pretty easily. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's perfect what they do, where they just put a, a couple of things on your way there, right? Like, there's a cave that 
you really can't miss if you yeah. are, are running towards Riverwood. It shows up on your map. It shows like, here's how you discover things. Uh, you may not notice it, but you can fast travel back there if you need to. Mm-hmm. And then if you if you do choose to go in there, which like I almost always do, it's a, 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 it shows you exactly how dungeons are going to go in this game, where yep. there's some dudes in there. There's a couple of chests. It's kind of winding and you wander through and there's cool stuff you can find if you want to find it. It offers you a couple opportunities to like lockpick and sneak and, you know, do a bunch of shit in there. And then it also does the amazing dungeon design where once you get to the end of it, you flip a switch and it brings you right back to the beginning so good. of where you were. Man, amazing. It, it, there's also all, uh, another exit that will bring you closer to River Run if you choose to go that way. And so it offers you this loop of like, okay, here is this big cinematic moment. And then it offers you here is this like dungeon crawling experience that you will play over and over and over again just with different stuff in there you do eventually arrive at riverwood and they or, or sorry uh yeah at riverwood you talk to this family they direct you to white run which is one of the like actual major cities in the game you go talk to the yarl yep. and everything and he's like you have to find the where the dragons are coming back from <laughs> they throw you over to uh, bleak falls barrow which is like up oh, on yeah. a mountain yeah and that's a little bit bigger of a dungeon right uh-huh. like it's it's there's more there there's like puzzles and shit you run into the draugr for the first time and i think that's where you may absorb your first like thum or whatever i think that's right i, I don't think you have the ability to use it yet or something like that but you essentially get this like hint of like there's more happening in this world than people know yet. Mm-hmm. You go back to fucking right, white run and then they immediately throw you in with you got to go fight this dragon right now. Like it, it's it's about to go fuck up the countryside. Go fight the dragon. Mm-hmm. And I think right at the end of that encounter is like, you know, an hour, maybe an hour or two. And it's just fucking perfect. Yeah, that like little section shows you everything the game is going to do. It offers you a bunch of different ways to play in kind of whatever way you want to. Mm-hmm. And then that's most of what you do for the rest of the game is run through a dungeon, go talk to some major city, talk to a Jarl, fight a dragon, get more power and, you know, rinse, repeat. Yeah. And I think that that loop is largely hidden from you, that you don't yeah. really see it for being a loop, but that's like most of what the game is. You, you mm-hmm. may be able to change the order of it, right? Of I'm just going to go fight dragons right now, or I'm just going to go dungeon crawling. Mm-hmm. But it's so easy to just let your curiosity get the better of you when you're wandering around to be like, I wonder what this place is. I just mm-hmm. encountered it. And like, I, I don't want to sit here and dunk on Starfield, but I think one of the things that was sort of challenging to get over was that I, I didn't feel like I really discovered things very often because of the way that they'd set out how you explore the galaxy. It's mostly just kind of going from one planet to another. I, I think there are hints of you experiencing the same thing where it's like you show up to a new system and, you know, some story event happens, but it, it doesn't feel quite as natural as it does in Skyrim where I am going somewhere else in Skyrim right now. And it just so happens this is on my way. I, I literally run into it, right? Whereas a lot of the time, if I am jumping into a new system, I have made the decision that I am looking for something to do. Whereas Skyrim is just, you just encounter it. That is a thing that happens while you are playing the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. And so I think that those like moments of discovery are harder to come by and that the loop of the game is a little bit less 
clear to me a lot of the time that there are loops in that game, but it is not obvious why a lot of the time I need to be doing something. They have this main quest and I actually do think it is pretty good, but I I did have to work a little bit to kind of get the motivation there. Whereas like it is dead fucking simple that like dragons are coming back. That's not good. Not a good thing. Yeah. No one wants a dragon. We don't want the dragons here. (laughs) Like like undead pissed off dragons. Yeah. Undead pissed off dragons and they got zombies now. Like, it is so clear what the stakes are there. Mm-hmm. Why? Why are the dragons back? And yeah. how can we stop them? That's that's it. Yeah. Like Dragon Necromancer is here. What do we do? What are we doing? And I think that that goes for Oblivion too, right? Like the gates of hell are opening mm-hmm. and coming to, they're spilling into Cyrodiil. <laughs> how do we fix this problem? Gates are clear. This is a bad thing. Everyone can agree this it's is bad, bad right? <laughs> Whereas I think that the state of the universe in Starfield is, it feels a little bit less demanding or urgent. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, There is, there are urgent things happening, but a lot of the time when I was playing it, I didn't necessarily feel like I need to fix this right now. Or I know what my, you know, goal is because it is so clear, right? Mm -hmm. That does eventually happen. And I I think that, again, the story in Starfield is one of the better things. I just, I think that like in the lizard part of my brain, when I'm playing Skyrim, I'm running out into the cold and I'm like, I get it. I got to fight the fucking dragons. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I'm literally called the goddamn dragonborn. It is. Yeah. It couldn't be any simpler. It's like Mario levels of simple of like, mm-hmm. yeah, I have to run right. That's just what yeah. happens in this game. Yeah. I am. a. I am the hero. I am going to slay the dragon. It, I think it, t- it taps into that very deep rooted trope medieval yeah. fantasy in a very nice way. It's, it's very classical fantasies and uh, fantasy in some ways, which is, strange because at the time it felt very like new and innovative but Mm -hmm. playing it in hindsight i'm like this feels just like a lord of the rings take you know like it's a very traditional fantasy stuff going on here but i think it's just done in a way that works really well i am compelled by the the world that they have set out and like no one had really done dragons like that before where they're just out roaming the world it was always like a set piece they were in a place where you could go and fight them and battle them they wouldn't just swoop out of the sky and just demolish you yeah other than like i guess elden ring now that happens sometimes in elden ring and like even then it's like whoa that was very intense yeah yeah, it, it, it still really works. I think that those moments still really work. And I think I was I, I've, I've tried to kind of extrapolate out a little bit more like what what these approaches kind of mean in a larger sense. And I think that something that I feel like Bethesda has become uncomfortable with, but is something that makes this game really special is Skyrim and Oblivion. They are oftentimes experiences or, or experiments in emergent game design where the most fun parts of these games or the the things that I really remember when I'm looking back and playing them are these moments that the game did not program in or or at least they really obfuscate the fact that that is the case, Mm -hmm. right? Where I'm just running around. I have chosen to ditch the main quest for a little while Mm -hmm. and just go find dwarven or or dwemer ruins, you know? Yeah. And then I'll run into some weird character that's just like there and they're like, hi, I, hello, I have a quest for you. And then I spin off into that whole thing. Mm -hmm. And then I have three weirdos following me around who all are just sort of like scampering and doing weird shit with each other. Like that stuff really rocks and really is great. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's this game is unintentionally funny constantly. It's so funny. The shit that happens just when you're not even trying to do something hilarious. Somebody will get crushed by a dragon or uh, you'll come into a room and there's a guy standing three inches away from your face. Like, did I ever tell you I was the king of clan battleborn? Like, what is (laughs) 
happening right now? Why is this the case? But it is so amazing. Um, the interactions are so unhuman-like sometimes. They're unhuman-like and and unplanned. The game didn't yeah. say, like, whenever you come into a room, this is going to happen. It's just kind of a consequence of all these systems interacting. Whereas I think Starfield is going for a more authored experience in the story that it's telling. Mm-hmm. And not to say that, like, the main quest isn't authored in this one, but... It just seems like they're a little bit less comfortable with that being the case anymore. Um, And I think you see that with Fallout 4 to a certain extent, too, where Mm. they're pushing on this authored route, which is just something that like is so hard to do. Like that is a really, really challenging thing to do. And especially for someone whose engine is like kind of memed as being just like chaos a lot of the time, you know, like the the giants hitting you and you flying with the stratosphere is like, man, it's, it's amazing. That's what makes this game really good. Mm -hmm. And like, I, 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 it just feels like that they are moving away from that in a way that is kind of a, a bummer because on, on the other hand here, it seems like making Baldur's Gate was a Herculean effort in authorship. And that as much as like in my own mind, when I think about RPGs, like Skyrim and Baldur's Gate are in like a similar realm, right? Mm -hmm. It's not the same thing at all if you're looking at just like what each of these mechanics do. But when someone says to me RPG, I might think of both of those games at the same time. Mm -hmm. Despite the fact that they're like totally different. Yeah. Totally, totally different games. Yeah, yeah. And I I think where Baldur's Gate shines is the authorship Mm -hmm. that... They have considered everything and not only that, but they have such care given to literally everyone and everything. And I, I just don't know that a Bethesda game could ever be that. And that's not me saying that like they're not good enough. I just don't think that's that's what they bring to the table mm-hmm. and like good. Right. I don't want those games to be the same thing, but I think seeing the prime example now of what authored RPG looks like where they have considered everything that you could possibly do and looking back at skyrim it's like oh man i hope you guys don't keep chasing this dragon you know (laughs) like sure let me go wander out into the weird wild and have Mm -hmm. all these strange interactions and have the world kind of be stilted and feel like community theater in in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because like like i I think larian is the are the people who are going to be able to do this and like they're just again they're totally different games like it's so hard to make a game that is an action game also be able to handle that many weird things happening yeah like in in some ways turn-based combat is the perfect form of combat for Baldur's gate because uh-huh. if you could just like literally jump on somebody's head all the time and slash them with a sword and like cheese these fights it wouldn't work the same you yeah know? yeah there's definitely ways to kind of like fuck with the game in Baldur's gate but not in a way where i'm using you know my horse to ride up a mountain or something <laughs> you're not making the game bend to your will like you can in skyrim no. sometimes yeah, absolutely not. And it I, I will say it is very strange playing this game after having played Baldur's Gate because the parts of the game were, I think the first time I played it, I was like, oh my God, I can like persuade people in this game. Mm-hmm. Feels so simple in comparison now, you know, like yeah. th- there are moments where you can choose different dialogue options in Skyrim, but it like doesn't change that much. Sure. And, like I don't really even know what my chances of that happening are. I think the dice rolling in Baldur's Gate has kind of broken me because I don't want every game to take that, but I would like to see. I would like to you see want what the numbers. I'm rolling. I want the numbers. Like, show me numbers the man over here. Yeah, I want to know what my what the skill check is and what I rolled because that's what's happening behind the scenes. I, it 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 just ends up feeling again like that part of the RPG experience has developed so much since then, and so for to again to be leaning on the authorship feels strange, mm-hmm. just because there is this example now of Baldur's Gate. And so I think what 
what I'm ending up with feeling is just like this game is still astounding in so many ways, but there are a lot of things that have been done so much better now that there are so yeah. many different like RPG elements that that I thought were really good at the time. And I think honestly, a lot of that was just like I didn't play CRPGs when I was younger. And so I didn't mm-hmm. know what was possible mm-hmm. for in a lot of ex- instances. And like not that that makes this game like less good or anything, but I thought like, oh, this is this is what RPGs are is having a persuade option sometimes in the dialogue versus like choosing exactly what you want to do in the game, being able to respond to that. Yeah. I think that this, this game offers a lot more choice to the players through when you do something, what you do, like what quest you choose to go on, um, literally what direction to walk mm-hmm. and like where to to spend your time. It's just it's very different than than what the the kind of art, the Baldur's Gate form of an RPG looks like. Again, because they're they're kind of in the same genre. It's very strange mm-hmm. for them to uh, both exist in the same space now. Uh, so yeah, I wouldn't say that that really takes away from this game at all because it is still like just a fucking achievement. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun. I can't put it down. It's like a what a fourteen year old game at this point, and I'm still just like this is so yeah. much fun, so amazing. It's a special game. It's a really special game, and like that's that's probably not a surprise to literally anyone listening. But I, I think it is a fascinating game to play now having had the most recent Bethesda game and also one of the best RPGs I've ever played come out last year. Good it's interesting. Contrast. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Anyway, shouts out Tybee, my Kashit. Shouts out Tybee. Anyway, David, this will bring me to my podmistic thing of the week, which is it is this part of the year right now that oh. we are in. Yeah. Why is that? I felt like I was just mainlining video games and all of them were so good last year. <laughs> and listen, I still got a couple that I got to get to that uh-huh. I'm like, you know, wow, that's a really big game. And I kind of missed it last year. But like this part of the year, I can play Skyrim again. You're, yeah. We're, we're, it's a lull. It's a lull right now. It's a lull. Until, like, sha- until Silk Song gets shadow dropped tomorrow, right? Of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like we know it will, but. And like, not that we are under literally any duress from anyone other than ourselves for what we bring to the show, but, uh, I just feel like I have enough time to do it. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I, I'm so compelled all the time to play kind of like what's currently coming out, Yeah, but I can play Skyrim right now. I can play this game and it's still amazing. It's still good. It's still good. You've been messing um, around with any of the mods on there? I haven't on the PlayStation. I did when I played on the Xbox version, if I remember yeah. correctly. So I the last time I played it on the PlayStation, uh, I think it was on the 4, you could do mods, you could download them. Yeah, I haven't dug into it super hard just because I was kind of just like, give me in there. <laughs> give me in there. It seems like a lot of the stuff that they've added in this version were mods originally, and they're just sort of mm. like included now, which That's is cool. cool. This part of the year is great having a great time just kind of playing whatever hell yeah of course excited for when like a dragon comes out later in the month but for now Mm. we're just hanging we're just we're just playing video games man just chilling gaming playing the classics playing the classics play the hits all right (laughs) david do you have something fueling your sense of optimism i am i do i am and i do i am i am i am feeling my own sense of optimism (laughs) no it's this sweet retroid pocket that chase sent me in the mail Hell yeah. A good gaming gift for the holidays. Yeah. So it's a sweet little emulating device with only games that I own on it. So yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a fun, it's a, it's a great little piece of, of hardware. Mm-hmm. Played some Soul Calibur on there, ran like butter. Really so impressive. Wild. So crazy that they've yeah. got the Dreamcast emulator just perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's uh, or at least, or at least Soul Calibur. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. We'll see if I, if I put anything else on there, see how Shenmue yeah. holds up. <laughs> Uh, but awesome. Uh, love, love having a good gaming gift for the holidays, especially from a good friend. Yeah. 
Totally. I was, uh, it felt like an oversight when I realized like, wait, you don't have one of these. Like it's, it seems, it seems shocking because I think in my brain I was like, oh, David will get a steam deck soon, which probably will happen, but (laughs) probably at some point, I I think it also came, uh, this idea came to me when I was playing something on the steam deck and I think it was a, a Game Boy Advance game. And I was like, I actually don't know if this is right for Game Boy Advanced, Hmm. like specifically playing a game that was intended to be played on a very small screen on like a gigantic Steam Deck and this big bulky bastard. Yeah. Um, I was like, I don't think that that actually feels right. It's all blown out. Yeah, it it, it doesn't look perfect. It looks good for sure. But I was like, what if just played on a smaller screen, which is what kind of spurred me to get the Retroid Pocket Flip in the first place. And I'm I'm sort of glad that I did because it does feel a lot better to play on a smaller screen. And I was like, wait, dude. David should have one of these. Why doesn't he have one? So got it delivered here, set it all up because I know, I know how it would go. If I just sent you this device without setting anything up, it would be <laughs> yeah, annoying. Not well. and I, like, I know you would come home from work every day, look at it and be like, I don't want to de- de- devote all the time to setting this shit up. It's going to take fucking forever. And I was like, but I've done this before. I can do it for him. You, you are a real champ. That was the real gift, honestly. Sure. The work, yeah. <laughs> the work and the setup, because I don't, I, I think technology is starting to, uh, to, to zoom past me as, sure, as yeah. a man in my thirties now. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not having trouble keeping up. Yeah. For better or worse, my job requires me to be yeah. patient enough to learn this stuff. Yeah. My job does not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, true. You got to worry about hands. Hands, baby. Upper extremity. Upper extremity. Hold sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. True. Anyway, you're very, you're very welcome. I was happy to get this for you. Thank you. Do you want to move on to our main thing, David? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Welcome to Good Games. It's a segment where we talk about the okayest games of yesteryear and gush all the things that we love about them. First one of the year. Feels great. I'm really excited about this one. We're here. We're here. We take suggestions from you, the listener, about <laughs> games to play, and then we play them. We sure do. That is that is we, what this, this segment is. And we find the fun in them. Sometimes harder than others. For this one, not so much. Very easy to find the fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We got suggested uh, by listener Patrick to play the game Tinykin. Mm -hmm. Patrick had to say of this game, uh, Tinykin is sort of a Pikmin platformer with a focus on movement over multitasking and is entirely without combat, which is the right choice for this game. Uh, There's a lot of lore and stories to discover and doodads to collect without the game overstaying its welcome. I just think it's a neat game that deserves more eyes on it. And in brackets mentioned, you don't have to say all this. I just talk a lot about games and I like that, uh, that I like, and this was the least amount I could say, listen, Patrick, you're preaching to the choir here. Yeah. We've literally already been recording for an hour and a half about fucking Skyrim and Pokemon. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't, you ain't gotta, you ain't gotta, uh, make any apologies for, for saying <laughs> what these say games too are. Much, yeah. Had you played this game before, David? I had not. I had seen it periodically on like game ass game pass and other streaming services but never felt the need to or desire to to download it but i'm glad i did yeah sure i i was in a similar spot i feel like i had seen this but i i don't really know that i had ever digested what the game was in any capacity yeah. i just kind of saw the cover and was like okay sure mm-hmm. but uh before we before we go too far can i hit you with the first hot stats of 2024 oh yeah <laughs> heat me up hot stats hot stats Okay, so Tiny Kin uh, came out August 30th of 2022. So kind of a recent release mm-hmm. um, for 
you know, everything. It's on like Switch and PlayStation, Xbox, PC, all that shit. It's on, it's on, it's on everything. It's made by Splash Team, which uh, the only other game that I could find that they made was a game called Splasher, perhaps unsurprisingly. There you go. But they're largely a uh, a newer team, all things considered, for how many releases they have. I do have a review of this game from our friends at Joe Video. Had to start the year with, with classics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I took their review, which is originally in French. I ran it through Google Translate a number of times to mangle it spitting it out back in English with an artist's interpretation uh, of, of Google Translate, I guess. Uh, so, so let me read for you what they had to say, David. Let's hear it. Tiny Tin took another crafty Pikmin-esque time creating a platform with puzzle things. This is a clear inquiry. A beautiful world created by the Splash team. Children and adults will like Tinny Koo's beautiful and exciting adventures. Want to know more? And then 8.5 out of 10 is what they gave that one. Tiny Tin, cute. Tiny Koo's, kind of icky. A little, yeah, not as good. Not as fun. <laughs> not as fun. Yeah. Good review. Good review. Yeah, sure. Not Joe Video's greatest hits, but no, a yeah, solid there, there one. wasn't a solid there, one. I didn't feel their voice as strongly in this one. It feels like Google is improving, which I'm a little sad by. It is a more recent game, so I wonder if Joe Video has just leaned off of their uh, sort of absurdity in their more recent years. They're not on the sauce anymore yeah. when they write their <laughs> yeah, reviews. They quit the hooch, and now they're not writing real <laughs> game reviews anymore. This ain't a real game review. <laughs> David, could you tell me what Tinykin is? Yeah, Tinykin is a Pikmin-like collectathon game with a lot of kind of like rare elements in it too like rare the game studio yeah totally so it almost feels like banjo kazooie meets pikmin in a lot of ways at least to me yeah so so you are you are a scientist on a far-off planet and you are your hypothesis is that people came from somewhere else Uh, and the planet that they show you is clearly not earth it's called aegis i think yeah something like that yeah and you hear a signal from far away and you go that's it that's where people are from and then you (laughs) zap yourself there and it turns out that you go to earth and you are teeny teeny tiny you are a small small man in a regular human-sized world you're like yep. the size of a bug. Um, yeah, very small. So pretty much you are interacting with bugs all throughout the game. They're the other inhabitants of this world. Yep. And you also talk to the tiny kins who are these little tiny like bug people mm-hmm. who are scattered across the world and have different powers like different colored Pikmin do. Right. So the pink, yeah. pink tiny kin are strong. The blue tiny kin you could electrify, uh, so on and so forth. Make bridges. You yep. can stack them. All sorts of different things. Make them explode, the red ones. Yep. Um, and so you have to use these different tiny kin to solve different puzzles throughout the world and to gather pieces to create, very much in the Pikmin way, a ship uh, that will take you back to your home world because your suit malfunctioned yep. when you when you landed here. Um, and, oh, the tiny kin don't listen to anybody else but you. Yep. So, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much all of it. I think the only thing other th- only other thing to that's worth mentioning is just that, like, the... The worlds that you show up in, like the levels essentially, mm-hmm. are like expansive. They're very big. Yeah. They're different rooms in a house. Yeah, yes, exactly. Which is very fun. Mm-hmm. Um, again, very Pikmin coded, very honey, I shrunk the kids, all that shit. Yeah. Very it takes two also. Or uh Mr. Mosquito or 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 Toy Commander for the Dreamcast. A lot of games like this, very fun. Or Katamari Damasi. I got some Katamari vibes from it too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the the levels are pretty big, and so a lot of the challenge, I feel like a lot of the time, is just like, how do I navigate from one place to another? Yeah. Like, how is how do I get a Soap myself? Soapboard, baby. Uh, oh, my 
God, dude. If we can just jump into what is good about this game, I cannot believe that they give you a fucking skateboard in the form ah. of soap. Soap bar, yeah. It feels so good immediately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was shocked that they put this in there. Like, yeah. Because the, the character tells you like, oh, I've, I found a piece of soap that can replace something. I was like, oh, okay. And uh, he's like, just press R1 to do it. And it immediately feels like one of the best uh, skateboarding or snowboarding games uh-huh. instantaneously. I was yep. like, this is amazing. I can't yeah, believe felt it. Felt really good. <laughs> felt really good to soapboard around. So good it's like the perfect form of like increased speed travel Mm -hmm. that you can do where Mm -hmm. like it is nearly instantaneous you don't have to do anything other than just press r1 yep and it just immediately pops out yeah and you're going so much faster you jump and do a kickflip if you go down a hill you go faster you can go faster if you do if you grind on things yeah there's like a little like I guess lines that come out of some kind of creature mm-hmm. uh, that look like, I don't know, a web or something. And if you grind on it, you go really fast across the level. Yeah. Well, you can grind on anything that is an edge. Yes. Yeah. Th- there's like little textures that they put on certain things where it's like, oh, this is like very obviously grindable. God. Love it. Love so that amazing. sentence. Obviously grindable. Yeah. Clearly it is telling you in, in bo- big bold letters this is grindable although the one gripe i do have with the soap board sure is that if i'm grinding on things it's really mm-hmm. got to be triangle it's really got to be triangle or why it should or just be triangle, top button yeah. because i missed so many times because i've just been so <laughs> tony hawk brained throughout yeah. my life that I, I just i fell to my death quite a few times uh <laughs> because i just I tried to get on one of those silk lines and I just trust triangle immediately, just, yep. me- just muscle memory and fell to my death. <laughs> it's uh, it's good. You don't have to press any buttons. You can just, it's a grind. Mm-hmm. It's fine. So this game, uh, what a wonderful game. I had such a good time playing this game. Yeah. I beat the whole thing. That's great. Oh wow. You did. That's awesome. Yeah. I did not. Mm-hmm. Not very long though, right? It's like five ish hours was or something. Not long. No, I'd say it's longer than five hours, but no more mm-hmm. than 10. I yeah. also, I didn't get, I got all the pollen on one level. Yeah. And then I got all of the artifacts. Right. So like the, in, in each level, there are a number of artifacts that you collect, which I, I presume are like the things that you have to get, uh, or some of them are so the things you have to get. The the things in each level that you get are ship parts. Right. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. the artifacts are just like extra collectibles that are like fill out the story a little bit, um, but are yeah. just random things throughout the house that belong to the person who lived there, Ardwin, who is worshipped as a god by the bugs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing lore mm-hmm. there. But there are also uh, pollen that you can collect, which is like you can compare it to like a jiggy in yeah. in Banjo Kazooie, where there are an extreme amount of them in every level, like I a think thousand there's, plus. There's usually. a thousand, yeah, <laughs> which sounds arduous, but like I feel like if you just go to most parts of the level, you will find most of the pollen. They don't tr- really try to hide it super hard, which is nice. It yeah. feels like because sometimes in collectathon games, it's just they're they're really trying to hide it from you, and yeah. I don't love that in in those mm-hmm. types of games. But in this one, it just felt like oh, I'm just here, so I might as well collect this. And the worlds themselves are just so nice and beautifully detailed yeah. that you, it's yeah, yeah. just fun to explore. You're like oh, there's a pollen over here too. Might as well grab it. It does feel like the kind of joy of exploring a tiny world that is in Katamari Damacy is Uh here, but it is just slowed down a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. Not in like a bad way, just like Katamari Damacy oftentimes asks you to just like go through these spaces pretty much as fast as you can Mm -hmm. because you're trying to like roll stuff up. It's it's time limit. Yeah. You literally got a timer. Yeah. (laughs) 
there's no time to stop and smell the roses. Or is this one like you're not really under any duress to do this stuff quickly at all? Yeah. And so you can just kind of like look around and see things that are you would normally find in a house, but you know, these tiny little bugs have made a church out of, or exactly um, right. like a hotel or something like that, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah. You're, you're totally right to point out that like all that stuff is like incredibly charming yeah. um, and does a lot to kind of fill out the, the world itself. Yeah. Super charming. Like making a, a bed out of a matchstick box. Amazing. Yeah. So good. Very good. So good. Everything is something that you find in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you got to this level, but the level where it's fields where they're growing, like, like farming and that the fields are just sponges. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and they're yeah. tiered. That's oh, so good. I watched that level on a playthrough i was initially like is this like a minecraft thing i was like no it's sponges sponges the the ground is yeah Yeah. so so good Mm -hmm. again not to keep hammering on the liza p thing but this that was also sort of on my mind in this game because like it's definitely a pikmin game right Mm -hmm. i I think that 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 is the loudest influence when i was playing this was pikmin and you know tiny kin it sounds like the same kind of deal yeah but i feel like there's so many different things happening in this game that again it just doesn't feel like it is the same thing at all yeah yeah like the the the, the one of the base me- one of the base mechanics feels like a pikmin game but almost nothing else does yeah a, a there's no combat like that's a thing yeah. that happens in pikmin that like kind of is a big deal because you have to deal with like death. losing them yeah <laughs> death you have to deal with them going away whereas uh this one a lot of the times the challenges are kind of gated behind like do you have enough of the purple ones to pick something up or something yeah. like that? It's like, I don't, I got, I'll just go soap board around until I find some. This is great. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so it's 99 it's red less, blue starts playing. It's less of an endurance challenge of, can I, can I have enough of the Pikmin that can carry stuff by the time I get to the spot and more of, do I have them now? And if not, just explore more, just keep doing yeah. the, the exploration part of the game, mm-hmm. which is nice. That's like a cool loop to, to get into. It is. And uh, I don't think that, it would be as enjoyable or as good of a loop if the worlds weren't so great that they make. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, it's just it's a joy. Very, it's very nice to look at. Very fun to be in. Yeah. The art style is awesome. Yeah. It's, it's also got kind of a paper Mario thing where like the character looks pretty flat mm-hmm. in like a fun way. Everybody's like very animated, which is very cool. Mm-hmm. It like, it's very cute to look at, but the, the world itself is also rendered in 3d. And so you get this kind of like cool back and forth where there are these very highly expressive like cartoon looking characters behind this like interesting 3d kitchen or something, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's very cool to look at. Yeah. It pops, pops off the screen. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I, I think that like there is, there's, there's definitely Pikmin on the surface, but there's a lot of stuff in here. I was also, when I was looking at this also felt the influence of like the rare eras N64 games. Absolutely. Yeah. The way they talk, the humor, the, yeah, the way that they talk, the humor and just like the, the, the architecture of the video game is like, sure. Yeah. It is a collectathon, but I don't feel like that's front and center in a way that's really grating, you know? I agree. Yeah. Cause I, I personally collectathon is not my thing typically, but this yeah. one, like I said, does it in a very nice way. It doesn't feel like it's trying to just make it so hard that you're just spending hours just like searching the level because there's one that you're missing yes yeah you can find them pretty easy it it doesn't go to great lengths to make it like the dark souls of collecting jiggies (laughs) or anything like that (laughs) which is nice i like i i I appreciated that i I think that that's a really cool take on on this genre Mm -hmm. and like i feel like we have been playing games that are collectathons recently sure. I, I think mostly just the, the dk64 and seeing like how that has aged in 2023 2024 uh-huh. 
And uh, what was that? Did we play? Oh yeah, we played ukulele at some point too, which was very interesting to see. Like, I think that in that game, they took the approach of not updating very much of it. You know, like mm-hmm. it, it was very much the formula was intact. Um, and I think that the Tinykin does a little bit more work to try to see like, what is that genre good at and what does it do well? And how do we actually like integrate that into a game that we want to make? Yeah. Because there's definitely collect-a-ton stuff in here, but... I don't find a lot of the frustrations that I hit with that genre are here at all. Mm-hmm. I don't find the sort of like slog of uh, these big worlds where I'm just like not really sure where to go. And I think that this this game, I, I, I think I had read this on Wiki, but they had taken an inspiration from uh, Super Mario Odyssey. And like, I feel like mm. you, you feel that in this game where sure. in Odyssey and in this game, exploration is the point. It's not necessarily the goal of getting all 10 puzzle pieces. It's like the fun of it is just seeing something in the distance and being like, I want to go check that out or I want to get on top of the fridge and Mm -hmm. I bet there's something cool up there. Yep. It it just works so well. Uh, Mm -hmm. It works so much better than just the kind of like goal oriented. Here's the amount of things that you need to collect versus like in Mario Odyssey. It is compelling to just wander uh, because there's so much creativity in the world itself absolutely it's great and it's a joy to move around as well it's not arduous to get to the other the clear to the other end of the level that's true yeah compared to a lot of those games of the era it is hard to move yeah (laughs) whereas this one goes to great lengths to make it easy and fun to to control yeah because you have the soapboard and then you also have the bubble yes yeah the bubble is like kind of a hover almost Yeah, it lets you glide for a bit. Which you can upgrade by like getting mm-hmm. enough pollen. Yeah. Which is really, really nice. Very, very nice to be able to kind of feel like you're getting to different places depending uh-huh. on how much exploration you did. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Great. Yeah. And that's what that's also kind of why I enjoyed, you know, the most arduous thing to collect in the game is the pollen. But they give you a pretty right. sweet upgrade if you just meet a certain amount, right? You don't have to get yes. all of it. If you get like 75, 80% of it, Per the, mm-hmm. for the, for each level they give you an awesome upgrade which is being able to glide longer like yes. each time it's it feels significant to be able to do that it does feel like you can get to very new places just based on one upgrade there it, it, exactly so it's 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 giving you a gameplay boost as well as you know just the satisfaction of collecting them which to yeah. me goes a long way to making it feel more significant i i found this really interesting i, I found this game very cool um I, I just feel like this is a good example of what collection games could look like mm-hmm. in this year. And I think that both Mario Odyssey and this game make a pretty good argument for like, you need like one extra thing in your game, right? Yeah. With this one, it's the kind of like Pikmin-esque characters that you have that mm-hmm. allow you to interact with the world a little bit differently. In Odyssey, it's the hat, right? Yep. Get to be able to be different people. I just feel like strictly having collection be the thing doesn't necessarily work because i feel like that was also the case in ukulele it was like there's there there needs to be one more thing i feel like feels empty otherwise yeah it 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 just feels like the the stakes of the the game are very clear when i have this thing that is very understandable Mm -hmm. you know i i know that i have to move this big cd up to the cd player so these people can hear the word of god in in this game <laughs> the tardigrades baby <laughs> but i i'm not strong enough to do it on my own so i need to go find enough of these little guys yeah very clear or in odyssey it would probably be i need to find a character who's strong enough to get this cd up there right mm-hmm. whereas it's not i feel like it's a little bit less clear in some of those collectathons you may just have to like run into a character that will solve your problem you know mm-hmm 
oh, I never talked to this guy. And apparently they had the problem. The salt, they had the solution <laughs> yes. the whole time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Whereas I, I think this game just has like really in, ingenious and clever integration of, of these two kind of mechanics that they've got circling around each other mm-hmm. of the Pikmin stuff and the collection stuff. Yeah. They really fold into each other nicely. Absolutely. It's really good. This game is very good. This game is very good. I, I, I want you to go and play more of the game mm-hmm. because there is one spot where you start to uh, aid in a revolution. Oh my God, really? It got very political at one point. Got very <laughs> political at one point. All right. Yeah, I'm in. I'll play. So it's <laughs> like Comrade Chase is definitely going to love this part. Yeah. An- the anti-capitalist shitheads on his bullshit again. <laughs> That is not what I was thinking. <laughs> no, just like Chase would thinking. be an enjoyer of this. <laughs> <laughs> and then the ending is pretty wild too. It gets very really? sci-fi, very sci-fi mm. in the end. And I know Love you're that. an enjoyer of sci-fi. So I, sh- I sure am. It's not long. So you could probably just power through it in a couple hours if you, depending on where you are, um, if you want to experience that. I had essentially just gotten through, was it Felonia Heights? It's like the second world. Sure. It started into one. the waters of Balnea. That was probably my least favorite area, but then the two other areas after that are pretty darn good, I think. Sure. I kind of like the toilet levels in any of these <laughs> games. I don't know why or what that says toilet, about Toilet, man. I just found, I like, I like the toilet, but I found the one portion of that level to be more confusing and harder to find things. Sure. Yeah. Which was Because there's like the, difficult. I guess there's the threat of like stepping in water and dying. A little bit more than the other ones. This is true. There's a lot more water. Yeah. It's everywhere. Do you have anything else to say about this game? One, the only other thing I would say is that I really like how they characterize all the bugs. It felt like a very yes. uh, lived in world with all the different bugs and how they're, I guess, stereotyped in a way, but also how they kind of fight against those stereotypes. Some of them do. Yeah. So it's, it's just cool that the, the characters, even though they don't talk, definitely have that, uh, I think, rare quality of mm-hmm. characterization, uh, making them feel interesting that they're like characters outside of the fact that they're a bug yeah it feels like a very lived in world with a lore surprisingly enough bug lore (laughs) yeah and i think that adds to the depth of the game too and makes it interesting to go around and see this little society that these bugs have created in the absence of of their god yes (laughs) yeah it's very fun Mm -hmm. i I agree I, i like the the, the character design is very fun. It feels like they put a lot of effort into like figuring out what each kind of little bug would be like. Yeah. And the fact that they have just like interior lives, it seems like they, it, you do have the backdrop of this whole place kind of like being a bit of a religious space, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, like they're worshiping the previous owner of this house as like a God, mm-hmm. but that that isn't ever taken so seriously, or at least in the parts, maybe the p- political revolution starts trying to not believe in the, <laughs> the, the founders anymore. But, um, <laughs> But I, I don't know. I, I appreciated that they they went to the went through the time to actually like make sure that there is care given to the the characters here, other than just like a quest giver. Yeah, and that there's not as much like rare night nineties era cruelty. In, yeah, in it. Like, yeah, the, I I like a lot of those games, but there is a certain amount of like dunking that happens on every single character in those games. Yeah, low hanging fruit is is gone for in all of those games pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, in in the like snow level of Banjo Kazooie, there was like that one bear who like was just like a deadbeat dad <laughs> or whatever. Like, <laughs> like you have to go collect all of the 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 presents for his kids uh-huh. so that they have something on Christmas, and he's out there just like, "Do you want to race with me, Banjo?" It's so so <laughs> ridiculous and silly. Um, but he just he's, he likes to race. 
Likes he to likes race. to race, but uh, you, you don't find as much of the kind of like bummer situations like that mm-hmm. uh, in this one, which is kind of a, a salve. I didn't need that. Absolutely. Yeah. And they, and they even go in a very kind of wholesome direction with most of the characters. Like everyone is, yeah. is generally kind of nice uh, and righteous besides the moths. Fuck the moths. <laughs> and I do like that they had little pop culture asides to a lot of these characters too. Yes. Yeah, totally. So yeah, just fun game. Very fun. Really enjoyed it. I, I didn't really know about it. And so if you don't either listener, give it a look. It's very good. Thank you for Patrick for suggesting it because mm-hmm. I didn't know about this one. Yeah, I did not know this this that this is what this game was. Is yeah. yeah. It's worth noting too, I don't know if this is still the case as of time of listening, but it was on the like PlayStation Plus collection. So if you have mm-hmm. that, you may have it for free if you want to give it a look. Yeah. I think it is uh, underrepresented because I truly mm-hmm. did not hear very much about this despite how much fun and and charming this game is yeah i don't think i really ever didn't have fun playing it yeah no it's true seems like a game that doesn't overstay its welcome to it does not gets out when it's like okay we know how much game we have Mm -hmm. very good love that in a video game Mm -hmm. short and sweet uh thank you patrick for suggesting this game yeah thank you great great time much easier to do this segment when the games are just good (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this is the game and it's good as opposed to this is the game and let's really find what's good we gotta find the thing we gotta find it (laughs) yeah no easy a lot of good stuff in this one If you would like to interact with the pod more, you can go to www.podtimism.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see a list of all of our old episodes. You can suggest games for us to do uh, in the future. You can follow some links there to our social media and also a link there that takes you to our Discord at the Worst Garbage uh, Podcast Network. Stop yeah. by, say hello, see what's up. Hang out. Hang out. You know? It's a good time. It's a blast in there. The Discord is very fun. I know that we mentioned it a fair bit, but if you're not in there, it is cool to come and hang out. There's there's fans of our show and into the Aether, of course. It's a it's a lively place. I've been in much <laughs> much deader Discord, so it's nice to uh, nice to have people. A lively, out. raucous place. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you can go there. Also, thank you, Scout Wilkinson, for our lovely podcast art. Thank you, Scout. If you would like to commission her, you can find her at co-fi.com slash humble goat. Chase is looking if commissions are open. Survey she has says, zero, zero slots left. She's in demand. She's in demand. She had two today and they got scooped up. So wow. that's that's just a testament to the demand for, for Scout's talent. You know, New Year, people are ready for some for some projects. It's true. Yeah. All right. Uh, Need an icon or, or an avatar? <laughs> she's got you. Eventually. Exactly. Not yet. She'll get there. She'll get there when she gets there. All right. Yeah. All true. Right. Get off her back. It takes time takes time uh if you want to help help out the show you can go and review it or follow or subscribe to it on your podcatcher of choice yeah really appreciate it it's always nice to see that always nice to read a review as well helps to uh get the algorithm to pick up the show a little bit which i have been seeing people do so thanks for everybody who does that yeah chase is the keeper of the of the numbers i'm the algo boy algo boy over there i'm algo adam what's uh what's what's the name of the guy in watchman blue man oh dr manhattan I don't know why I thought there was going to be a good portmanteau with with Doctor Algo, but uh, <laughs> Doctor Alghatton, kind of a tough one. Doctor Malgorithm, 
Dr. Malgorithm's not bad. We're getting closer. It, We're getting closer. It does, it does seem like I'm the keeper of like a bad algorithm, but mm-hmm. a Malgorithm is pretty fun. It's got a, yeah. a fun mouthfeel there. A fun mouthfeel? Hmm. Silky? It just feels like one motion, you know? Mm-hmm. Malgorithm. Mm-hmm. Malgorithm. It's got a descending quality to it. Absolutely. And I guess lastly, thank you, dear listener, for letting Chase say Malgorithm uh, into your ears. (laughs) We really appreciate everyone who listens. And uh, it's pretty crazy that, you know, we've been doing this for three years now and people are still tuning in. Yeah, we're we're entering into our fourth year, David. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Wow. Shocking. Dawn of the fourth year. My goodness. But yeah, we would do this if probably no one listened. So it's it's fun that people do. So thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much. It's it's uh, I think especially after the game of the year episode, it's nice to see people checking in and tuning in for mm-hmm. for the stuff that we're doing. It's humbling and satisfying and fills me with a great sense of joy and satisfaction. And appreciation go. too. All the above. All the above. Uh, so Chase, do you have any gaming wisdom for us this week? Yeah. Um, if you're going on a trip, you have some goals that you want to get done. Mm-hmm. Be sure to bring your army of weird little guys. Mm, yeah. Like if yeah, you got absolutely. Like, if you got to pick up a car or something like that. So where where does someone get an army of weird little guys in the world, Chase? Yeah, I mean, I haven't found any yet. But from what I understand, it seems like they'll either be just kind of in the ground, mm. you got to pluck them up, mm. or that they'll be in sort of weird little eggs that you, yeah. th- they'll respond to you and then Nasty little egg sacs, yeah. Yeah, little fleshy modules, postules that <laughs> Fleshy pop. modules? Fleshy, fleshy modules that <laughs> will pop when you get close to them. Oh, fleshy modules. That's going to be our spinoff podcast. Aye, aye, aye. About what? what? I don't know. About? I don't know. We'll have to figure it out. Fleshy modules. That's where the potomism gland is. Oh, that is where the potomism <laughs> gland is. Aye, aye, aye. In the, it's in the fleshy modules. No. Yikes. Oh, man. Wow. I don't think we can save this one. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> that's it's just, it. Let's just start it over. Yeah. Like, this is our first one of the year. We need to try again. <laughs> just throw this one in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get him next time, champ. Yeah, we'll try. Starting right. off uh, the year with a whimper. <laughs> See you next week, everybody. See ya. Bye. Garbage. The online.